With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. at it again with the Blue Testament crew here for another Shades of Blue soccer show and this week our theme song is Oh Too Real Oh Too Real I'm still hungover <laughs> Why do you guys not have alcohol in this Well there's some alcohol in this building, it is a radio station and if you go into enough offices there, there's going to be liquor under someone's desk Send Allie to go raise the office we need to share what liquor we like. Okay, let's do that right now. Go around. All right, whiskey. You're, is that your is that your sad drinking drink, or is that where what you would get on any occasion? That it would be my sad drinking drink. I was actually thinking about ordering a T-shirt that says "Food of the Day." <laughs> Dad, I will pay for that shirt. If you get it. <laughs> okay, Allie. Ah, uh, tequila. Uh, that's my throw-up drink. Drinking ah, drink. <laughs> well, that is... That's my, that's my go-to. Okay. <laughs> that's everyone's throw-up drink. My throw-up drink is Fireball, if you guys are wondering. Uh, okay. But I wouldn't say that's a drink. Which is a whiskey. Yeah. Yeah, no, whiskey is not... We don't do well together, but tequila, I like. I like it in drinks. I like it in shots. Song. I like it. I like it. <laughs> like, what's in drinks. Egg? What's, like, the green eggs in it? I'm like, I like, <laughs> I like tequila. I guess I do. I like... <laughs> Tequila in my soup. I like tequila. <laughs> She's admitting her alcoholism on I, Shades of Blue oh tonight. No, tequila, tequila is my sad drink as well. I know something bad happens every time I drink it for fun. So, <laughs> so yes, it's my the sad drink. The funniest part about that is something bad happens. He doesn't remember what, but it's right. something. And that it's like, it's not, he's... Not drinking it because he's sad. He's drinking because he's happy, but then becomes sad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is a complete opposite effect. It has. Or it's not that it makes me sad. It uh, bad things isn't. I get too happy. Oh, how about okay. that? Yeah, right. yeah. Okay. Well, we have another. Wait, sad. Did you answer? Sad doesn't drink. He said whiskey. Oh, you did. He said he wants to order a shirt that says my. Oh yeah. Soup of the day is whiskey. So I would assume. When I drink, because I don't. You go. I don't. I do not drink anymore. I gave it up a while back. I was unaware of this, but when I drank, I drank lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of beer and lots and lots and lots and lots of whiskey. Okay. At the same time. At, at once. Quite often. 
okay. And when, and when I drank tequila, yes, something bad happened. <laughs> the last time I drank tequila, I woke up on the stairs of the barracks <laughs> <laughs> with less clothes on than I had when I started. And then did you have to clean the barracks with a toothbrush after this? Uh, there was cleaning to be done, yes. I, I did not know that was a real thing. Nice picture. My dad legitimately got in trouble in the Army and had to clean the floor of, of a building with a toothbrush. With the guy he got in a fight with. That was the punishment. Fortunately, the person who was on duty that day in the barracks was a good friend of mine, so he actually cleaned it up for me, and he's been a lifelong friend ever since. He now lives in Kansas City. Oh, so good friend to keep around. Yeah. Okay. Well, Just in case. You know. In case he hit, in case they have to hide another body. <laughs> like, she was that kidding? ugly, huh? Oh. This this is indeed oh God. <laughs> enough. That this, was horrible. This is indeed a vaguely sporting Kansas City show. So I have another round table beyond what our favorite <laughs> alcohol is to drown our sorrows from our favorite team. Okay, the obvious question that at least I have to keep defending or I keep seeing among Sporting Kansas City faithful is, are you worried? So let's start with our very own Thad Bell. Because why not? Are you worried? Not totally. Only a little. Okay. Be more definitive than that because that sounds like everyone, I think. Well, Hey, I'm 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 everyone, right? No, um, I know a lot of people are seriously worried. They're like, "Oh my God, dumpster fire, etc." But seriously, this team is still scoring average of two goals a game, close to it. Uh, the last game in Houston was terrible, but it also was missing two starting center backs and an assortment of other players. The best player on the team just came back from injury. You know, we got to see if he's in form and stuff like that. But still, there's lots of reasons to be at least positive that things are going to turn around. This team is good enough that it should not have extended extended long bad periods. And if it does, then that's the, the next couple games is really when you need to start worrying. If it continues past the next couple games, then worry. But otherwise, be happy. Robert Russert, are you worried? Well, as I look at the standings here, I have to say yes, because we are Vancouver, who is in, uh, let's see, ninth place, is only seven points away from us, um, and it is just so tight in this Western Conference that if we continue, as that says, you know, a few more games, we could find ourselves even out of the playoffs, which for Kansas City is, you know, unheard of. I know there's a long way to go, but here's what I'm really worried about. Early on in the season... That chemistry was just there, you know, with Felipe, you know, and it just happened even without little preseason together. Is that going to come back? Are we now at a point where, okay, everybody is pressing too much and worried about things too much. Is that chemistry going to come back? Is it, is it, is it going to be try to be forced too much now because of the tension and the pressure that we're in? So I'm a little bit worried about that facet of it. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree. Bob, I'm worried because there has been a huge disconnect with the chemistry, and that's something that takes a lot, in my opinion, longer to get back. And I don't know. I know there was all this excitement. 
<laughs> Something it was just like right on cue. That was right terrible on cue. Um, I'm screaming into the mic. I'm literally going to blow someone's eardrum. Um, but I know earlier in the season, we were all excited. The young guys are getting minutes. Not only are they getting minutes, they're playing well. And then goals are being scored. Felipe's gone, but still nothing to really worry about. And then all these injuries hit. And then all of a sudden, you know, you've got different personalities, different levels of experience and talent out on the field. And all of a sudden, the downfall happens. And, you know, after Peter said that there were a couple players in particular after that Houston game that he was really unhappy with, that makes me wonder, like, is everyone on the same page here? What's going on? And if people aren't on the same page, that's going to create a lot of tension in the locker room. Matt Beasler kind of struggling with some injury. Who's that true leader? And I know this was a discussion we had earlier with this podcast is, is, is Roger doing enough to really get this team all on the same mental track? Is Matt Beasler the guy? Who's going to be the one to kind of get these guys as a team back on track going forward? Okay. Well, I, I'm not worried in that, like I've said all along, this team, I know that this team is way better than the team that was out there last year. And they're in a way better spot to do better down the stretch. So I'm not worried in that regard. I don't know. You know, MLS is weird. We could have a better team this year and not finish as good. Like, MLS is crazy like that. So I'm not worried in that way. But I am – you kind of touched on it there, and we should definitely talk about it. It was a while ago, but how – I was worried – that Peter is just overtly saying that there are players on his field that he thinks quit. And that's like something we've never heard from him. And you wouldn't even think someone could get out on the field if they were even capable of doing that in a, in, you know, a tough game or something. So that's why I'm like, that's why it like kind of worries me a little bit that I'm hoping at least, you know, we should discuss who the players were and if it, was two players that are not regular then <laughs> then yeah there's something that we can <laughs> yeah like I, th- I think we've we've kind of suspected that it was the two center backs that he was referring to uh i think we talked about that a little bit in a slack group and if that's the case then like i you know there's not that much to worry about get them off the field and once our better players get back in there then things can get back on track but it was a little worrying to see Peter Vermees like falling into this and having to call out players because that's not something we're used to. Well, in our discussion, Thad asked Peter this yesterday um, about injuries and everything, and and Peter made that point that the injuries and the players coming back are just so much better, to use lack of a better word, better players, that Vermees was excited about that fact that these players are coming back and we can get back to where we need to be so even Peter made that point that uh, you know these people come back are really going to help but does that cause any concern then you know having seen a lot of these younger guys or these you know Graham Smith drafted just in this last draft is it a cause for concern that in the event of in 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 the event of a lot of injuries to have these guys come in and supplement that uh that typical starting lineup that they weren't able to get the job done, and not only that, but be a pretty crucial part in this drop-off we've seen. Does that cause any concern with you guys for the future 
for next year's team or for playoff season or if any, God forbid, any more injuries arise, which hopefully, knock on wood, we have seen the end of that because that was like boom, boom, boom. They were dropping like flies. Well, it's less. It's not much of a worry for next year because if that's what Peter thinks that they are, they won't be here next year. Matter of fact, they may not be here <laughs> after this tr- transfer window, quite honestly. Yeah. I mean, I would not actually be shocked if that happened. I'm not predicting it, just saying I would not be mm-hmm. shocked. Um, and again, we, we're not totally sure that that was the two guys. And right. that's also something that they can fight back and show that they do have that. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe they did have a bad day. Maybe they got down. Maybe they did give up. I don't know. Peter also alluded to it made him physically ill that he was watching that. Um, but yeah, it, that's a worry. And that's one of the worries this whole time. Every, you know, we, we've talked about depth and stuff like that. There was a lot of depth. The problem this year was there was like three key guys that the depth relied upon Yeah, that all got hurt at the same time. Uh, Felipe could play three spots in the mid middle. Uh, Jimmy could play mm-hmm. multiple spots. Lobato could play multiple spots, and they're all hurt at the same time. And all of a sudden, you don't have much rotation. You don't have much depth. And then you knock out both of the starting center backs. Not one, both. Right. And then you have tired guys in front of them. It's a chain reaction thing. Next couple games, do they pull it out? I think, I, I mean, I know we'll talk about this at the end of the show, but I predict a win on Saturday. I hope that there's a fire coming out on the field at Children's Mercy Park this Saturday because we fans deserve it. The team deserves it. Are you, are you predicting they're going to burn Dallas? deserves it. Are they going to burn <laughs> Dallas? They're going to burn Dallas. <laughs> Boo. Right. At least we hope. Dallas burn reference. Boo. Cody, are you still there? Yeah, sorry. I'm, I'm trying to document this podcast on our Instagram. Multitasking. <laughs> I know I'm not. I have too many jobs here. Host, producer, social media <laughs> expert. Like, come on. Okay, so I do have another uh, question. Roundtable question. Go for it. Let's have it. Will Sporting Kansas City sign a striker in this window? Well, now again, we don't know. <laughs> we don't have the answer to the question. Accurate. But we're going to talk about it. Partial. Accurate partial information. Thad, do we want to talk about what you just pulled up or not? Well, there's a rumor. Okay. <gasps> there's a rumor breaking a r- <laughs> while we're on the air. Actually, I, I don't think it's actually a new rumor. I saw this like a couple days ago, but... Okay, well, I didn't. And, Me neither. And, I, I, and I like it. I did not either, so... Thad? There's a rumor going that Adi... Fernando, however you say his name. That's why I just went with Adi. <laughs> I, his first name is great. I love the lack of the R in that name. Fernando. Not Fernando. Fernando. <laughs> in a story, I actually put Fernando afterwards. I was like, oop. Yeah, so. My bad. So. The, he's up for trade. Okay. And that Sporting is one of the teams that's interested in him. And why wouldn't they be is probably like all that that story is. They would have to, like, Vermees's line always is, we're exploring all options. So it could just be a case of that. But but it would be a rarity because MLS is, I'm sorry, sporting is rarely involved in trades within the league like that for a player. 
I mean, Dom, sure, that's that was for money, but player for player, that's something we rarely actually do. Maybe yeah. it's not player for player. Maybe, Maybe it's, it's player for money. Maybe it's it player for 17 draft picks because yeah, be. we don't really care about the draft anymore. <laughs> the big question is, is he worth the salary that he's making because he's a DP at $2 million roughly? Because I, 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 I looked at this when I first saw it. It was something like 1.3 base one and 1.975 uh, mil for uh, guaranteed compensation. But we'd be only on the hook for half of that approximately, right? For this season. Right. And you don't know if they would eat some of it, right? If they're just trying to get him off the payroll for this year, and I don't know, I don't know what his contract runs through. So there's this, 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 and this, all these options. And then the question is: Is he the player that would fit into this system? Can he hold up the ball? Can he do all the pressuring? Can he, can he be Shelton, Rubio, and Felipe all rolled into one? I don't know that player. <laughs> yeah, I think he has a reputation of being a bit lazy defensively. Now he can hold the ball up, he can score, but I think he does have that reputation of not being a hard, hard worker up top. And that's going to go over well in a Peter Vermees system? We've just heard this, that the player is giving up. Right. You know, doesn't work well. No. Well, Peter's not going to pull the trigger, obviously, if it doesn't work. Yeah. It's well, just a rumor, but, you know, well, compelling anyway. Well, we say he won't pull the trigger if it doesn't work. I mean, he has brought in players that doesn't work. but Well, no, I mean if it doesn't fit is what I meant to say. But aside from this rumor, what do you guys think is, think is the likelihood of Sporting getting that striker, that everyone, this elusive striker that everyone wants and desires so badly? Do you think Peter feels like he has the tools in the toolbox to kind of make it happen with what they have right now? What do we have, two weeks until the window closes, essentially? Approximately. Whatever the fact it that it hasn't gotten done yet and other teams have been so active does worry me. I don't. I don't think a – expensive foreign dp striker is coming like because I, <laughs> it would be done by now if they if it were because I mean, don't you I want to incorporate this argument. person as soon as you can yeah but that's not the i don't think that's the issue as yeah. much as because obviously you always want to get it done and you're always looking uh, just even looking at like felipe gutierrez he was not at one point he was not coming to this team it was late in the whole window uh, not the real window. He, it was late in the preseason that he showed up, and it was because all of a sudden his team decided they didn't want him anymore. Stupid team, but uh, and I can't remember why financial reasons or. Yeah, we all know the nature of how these things work, but yeah, it's just worrisome. I and, think they'll. I think they'll sign a striker, but I don't think it'll be the quote promised. DP season changing striker that everyone's like hoping for, dreaming of. Well, did they promise a season changing striker? They did, and I, I, I it really drives me. I, I hate being one of those people that's like referencing it because you. There's a lot of entitled fans that keep saying that, but they did at the end of. I think it was two seasons ago. Now, was it that long ago? No, it was last season. It was the last season, but. There was a there's a promise that they were going to get a DP striker from who? From who? Oh, who Rob said Heineman? it? Yeah, Rob. Too bad he's not actually associated with the team anymore. But <laughs> hey, I I understand that, and that's one reason I'm I'm saying I don't 
like having to repeat that as in a lot of the people that are saying that are like whiny people who are watching a really good team that it's the envy of many other teams in this league and because they're not winning two trophies a year they like to complain about that but if if it was said and alluded to beyond uh Rob Heineman that they're constantly looking for this striker and it was said beyond Rob Heineman I was just basically yeah. giving you crap um Peter did say that they were looking for all these positions Literally one time I said, well, what position is looking for? He goes, all the ones we've been talking about. Left back, <laughs> midfield, striker. Um, which left back was the only time I've really seen that mentioned was Sam, which, of course, somebody leaked it to him. But um, obviously they're looking for a striker. But in the offseason, they did sign a number 10, Johan. Whether you like him or not, whether you think he's good or not, whether you think he's worth DP money, which is bogus anyway, that doesn't matter. They signed a 10. They did sign a striker. They traded for him. And they got Kyrie Shelton, who showed a lot of promise in preseason. Maybe at that point they said, you know, instead of spending huge money on a striker that we don't have don't have personal knowledge of, we got this guy and we're going to take a look at him and go for the summer window, which doesn't make bad sense. Question still is like Tam money was only like every bit of TAM money is scheduled for like a certain time span. It has to be used in certain time spans. Right. So my, that would be kind of one worry that that would roll off and not be used. Well, isn't actually, so we often talk about how Peter Vermees is never going to say, like reach a point and say, screw it. I'm just going to like spend this money. But like you were just talking about this stuff expires. And if I remember correctly, I'm pretty sure that, he Vermees said that himself when they signed Diego Rubio to that season-long loan that that he like fully acknowledged that they had Tam that was running out and if they didn't spend it on something then it was going to disappear. I don't remember him saying that but maybe he did. I don't. I do I do vividly. If you need me to I'll try to find it but I don't want to. All right, well, the optimist side is, is, of course, this. We get players back from injuries. We get our defense, who's allowed two or more goals in the last five games in a row, figured out again for the second time this season. Uh, and, you know, Shelton comes back in what? Is he due back in October? I believe so. I believe so, yeah. Two to then, three months. And then everything's going to be okay. To me, that is the sporting Kansas City way of operating and the way it might go again. It's been successful to a degree. If you call fifth place in the division and uh, an away playoff game like last year, successful. Okay. But let's look at the standings right now, and let's look at the teams that have a striker up front that scores goals consistently. Atlanta, top of the uh, East. They've got... Multiple guys who score consistently, Martinez being the guy. And the greatest goal scorer in MLS history. That's what they say. NYCFC. Okay. David Villa has been out recently, but they still have one who can do that. Red Bulls. Spending money that this team never will. Right. Red Bulls. Bradley Wright Phillips. They got him. Columbus. Jazzy Zardis. They got. They all have guys who can score up front, center, forwards. Okay. Let's go to the Western Conference. Dallas. Uh, they signed a new guy. I don't remember his name. LAFC. He's a midfielder, though. Okay, midfielder. But they they did just let the, 
Costago, yeah. Well, and the Diaz. earlier Diaz. Yeah, yeah. Moro Diaz, right? He was their big guy, and they yeah. let him go. Uh, LAFC, Carl, Carlos Villa. Okay, uh, they are teams that are all at the top of the division. LA Galaxy. Who do they have now? And they're rising up the standings as we talk. Zoltan. Oh my God! Zlatan. Put a dollar Zlatan, in the jar. Sorry. That's a dollar. <laughs> sorry. That's well, two. So fine jar. These are the teams that make that purchase, that make that, spend that money, and they get the rewards of it. MLS Cup, they get a home playoff game, and we don't. I don't know that LA is rising because of Zlatan. They might be rising despite Zlatan. Well, they've figured it out how to work him in, that's for sure. And it may just be that they finally recovered from being coached by Anolfo. <laughs> well, yeah, I agree with you there for sure. But... <laughs> Okay, Bob, you have some is or isn'ts, I've been led to believe. Right, and we touched on one earlier. Um, uh, that's what I was going to say. You would never like to tell them to us, but then yeah. I feel like they were probably going to, we were already going to talk about it, and now it's going to be weird when you ask it. Cause we're no, just I don't think so. We didn't really talk into it about it in depth. Um, Ali kind of alluded to it. Is it effective? I'm going to use that word. Okay, and I'm gonna word this very. Um... Well, you better word it carefully. You always mess up this. You always mess up the <laughs> intro, and it never turns out to be an is or isn't. Okay, like, is it effective for a coach to criticize players publicly, or isn't it? Ah, I'm gonna say it is. I uh, I will always say no to that, except like uh, uh, Peter Vermees is the one guy that would. I didn't say Peter Vermees. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. That's fair. I would say no, but. I think Peter Vermees is a guy that I would be on the same page as. Like He would always say that unless he saw something extreme, which I think that he did in that game. But I think it's also the manner in which he does it. He, de- he didn't – I mean, the fact that we still are questioning the player he's even right, talking right, about, right. I think that was more of his way of saying, I know that the, you're, you as the fans aren't happy. I'm not happy either. Here's what I saw and here's why. That's what I – sense of that and I think for him to say that because he doesn't ever really lead on that he's mad at a specific player or specific players shows that this has been building for a while and it's gonna be pretty clear who the people are soon though isn't it well and I think I know this isn't your question but that was in that instance I think it probably was constructive because like Matt Beasler is going to hear that and tell everyone in the locker room yo Peter Vermees does not do this. He's not a guy that would ever say something like that. Right. If you messed up, like you messed up and we need to change something. Yeah. But I don't know necessarily if we'll know for sure, unless it was like a Diego Rubio who he was talking about or Johnny Russell or a guy who, if they stopped playing all of a sudden, it would be glaringly obvious. But if it was a Graham Smith, we would have no idea. So for that reason, maybe that's another reason. Still, we can figure it out. Not necessarily. Like she said, we may not know. So maybe he was just Didn't well we... done by Peter. Yeah. <laughs> <Not> <laughs> maybe. Kudos. And and maybe it was actually not even specific. Maybe he's kind of BSing us. Maybe it wasn't somebody specific. Maybe it's uh, a little more generic. And he's calling out everybody or a number of people. Mm-hmm. And they all go, oh, he was talking about me. Yeah. Oh, crap. Could be. Yeah, that's... Vermees does do that. He knows he knows very well every single thing that he says in front of a camera and in the media and what it will mean after he says it and how it will be taken. And so, yes, that's a definite possibility that he was 
Okay, so you're saying that Peter Vermees is one human being who's always under control and always thinks about what he says before he says it? Well, I didn't say that, but I think that <laughs> That's he... That's sounded. <laughs> I think he is fully aware of consequences whenever he says something in front of a camera or in front of a mic. He's yeah. very well media coached. You yeah. know, he controls, in my opinion, I think... And in, he controls the narrative for sure. And in and a tirade... He gives you what he's going to give you. And yeah, he can go into a tirade, but I think he's made the choice to go into a tirade. I know, I know <laughs> the, I know the impact that this will have, but I need to say what I want to say right now. Right. I have went off on my daughter for having misbehaved when I wasn't mad, but she thought I was livid because exactly. she I of something she'd done. Too. <laughs> I've she's she walked away. Oh, dad's dad's really mad at me. I gotta go do. I gotta go fix. And I was like, and she walks away, and I'm like, okay, mom, let's go get a drink. Okay, but so what that is saying though is that Peter Vermees uses bad bell parenting technique. <laughs> But here's the on thing the on game. all of us. <laughs> but here's the thing that pissed me off about that Thad. Every time I would do that to my daughter, she'd play the best game ever the next game, and then it'd go back to the way she normally is. Yeah, then you got to be a dick to her again. Like, <laughs> yeah. I wasn't using it for sports. <laughs> Just <laughs> typical household chores. <laughs> no, for ethical life decisions. Uh, okay. Okay. My dad ever used the phrase ethical life decision with me when I was like, I don't know, 12. I'd be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> it's for only for things that are really important. I do have another if I you want, that. but I don't know if we have time, Mr. Cody Bradley. Let's just do it. All right. Well, this is more of a tactical thing. And this is me watching uh, the game, the Houston game, the Open Cup game. All right. So we all love him. He's going to the All-Star game. He's great. He got his All-Star jersey today. They put it out on uh, Twitter. But is Ilya aggressive enough on defense or isn't he? I see him often shepherding when he maybe should be challenging more so. Discuss. I I agree with you. I don't think he is at all, so isn't. Mm-hmm. And there are times recently where he's been like the last guy standing running back, and I'm like, oh, shit. Where's everyone else? One, two, is this the guy that – like it's worrisome seeing him being the only guy tracking back. Even to me – more so than, like, if Johan was the only guy tracking back, which I would also feel worried about, but, like, less than I do when I just see Ilya as the one guy tracking back and the defenders are scattered about or they got too far off their line or too far up, you know, midfield. So you're saying he is playing defense? I'm not saying that. I don't think that was the question. Your response was a little confusing. Clarify okay. what you meant. Clarify the question. I'm the question, again, now. is, is Ilya aggressive enough on defense – or isn't he? Meaning, he oftentimes I see him shepherding players, you know, to have the ball mm-hmm. instead of actually tackling and challenging players, especially well, when they get near I'm, the eighteen. That, I think that's what I'm saying. Is like, yes, he's getting back there, and sometimes he's the only guy doing that, but he doesn't step ever. Like mm-hmm. he's just, like you said, he's shepherding. He's not being aggressive. So I kind of went off there, but I do get concerned even when he is being. When he is getting back defensively, even when he is doing that, I get concerned at the times where he's like one-on-one with a guy mm-hmm. in that situation. I'm going to argue that this is a result if what you are claiming has been happening has been happening, mm-hmm. that that's a result of him not having his two boys behind him, not, his, not, not having his regular back line behind yeah. him. Very well could be. And even in front of him now, I guess, too. Like he said, you know, different mixture in front of him as well. And, you know, maybe 
like exactly what you were saying. If he's in a situation where he's used to shepherding and then all of a sudden Ike Opara comes flying in yeah. and then now Graham Smith wasn't doing that, the la- mm-hmm. you know, the last two, or Emiliano wasn't doing that the last couple of games. Right. So I'm, yeah, I'm, uh, I still, Ilya is still, I for mean, me, I, I needs to be out there every single second or oh, I, I don't I, I know don't what's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's just like that's not where his strength lies. Mm. He's not, the one-on-one defending that Ike and Beasler do isn't, that's not Ilya's role. So it, in those instances where he if, doesn't have them behind him. But shouldn't he recognize, though, that that's sometimes what he needs to do? Hmm. Yeah. If he does need to do it, yes. <laughs> yeah, because my question would be if he needs to do it, because I somehow have faith that Ilya that learned in Barcelona might know more about playing D-mid than I do. <laughs> <laughs> but And that's my thing. When he's shepherding and then, like Cody just said, has Ike coming in to kind of pick up that that next step, <laughs> he's doing his role still. So he's still being he's still doing his a good job defensively. His, his role isn't to be the one on one slide tackling kind of guy. His role is to guide the others into being in the right spot. Cut off cut off the passing lane before a pass even. And, starts, and I totally you know? agree with yeah. what you guys are saying, but there are moments when he, I feel, he needs to be more. And needs to be more of a challenging type instead of a shepherding type. Can you bring up the video? Well, those those situations that you're talking about. I don't have the I've, capabilities that Cody's got over there. The situations, I can think of like two. And those were with our a rogue defense <laughs> that we haven't <laughs> really seen. So I think when he has the right back four behind him, that's, you know, that's keeping a lot of breakdowns from happening. And that's, I think, a lot of goals that have happened are a result of not having that seamless connection and chemistry that Elie and Beasler and Opara and the typical back four have. I think that's been one of the biggest adjustments. And, and also remember at times he's had two teenagers to the left side of him right. that he's maintaining contact with and in order to help them. the whole game. Um, so there's lots and lots of issues that are there. And, he, and I think, again, they've done well on most of this until just recently. So I I will still say he is aggressive enough, and if he doesn't slide tackle somebody, it's because he thinks it's a smarter thing to not do it at that moment. And, Dad, those points okay. you just brought up made me love him even more. Like, <laughs> this guy can really hold hold his own, even, like you just said, has two teenagers to the left and right of him, playing with this abnormal defense that he's not used to playing with, and he still plays Phenomenally. Yeah, he's right, playing quarterback. I'm sorry, there. but I got to pick on Thad here because this is he's one of Tom my Brady. huge pet peeves. <laughs> okay, folks, let's get this out of our minds. Slide tackling is a last resort, you're out of position when you do it type of technique. Please stop saying slide tackling. <laughs> Weren't That's you the one that was just saying it? <laughs> Weren't you the one that was just talking about slide tackling? No, no. Tackling. As in oh, I see. going in strong, not, not sliding down the ground. I'm sorry, that's just a pet peeve of mine. Not necessarily a last resort. Yeah, because you're out of position. I kind of agree with him. It is a little bit when you're, is, as a last resort or you're trying to make a big statement by slamming somebody to the ground in a slide <laughs> tackle, uh, which was my favorite part of the slide tackling. There you go. But I, I used to specifically slide said slide tackle here. to make it more obvious of my other direction of... <laughs> Argument. <laughs> Ilya, if you're listening, we still love you. We could gush about you all podcast. But he did show that all-star uniform today, which did look pretty cool. Very excited does, about that. Yeah. Good for Ilya. Well-deserved. Did Happy you get the him. joke, though? 
I didn't. Does it have sleeves? Did you see the discussion? Uh, yeah. They're like, yeah, short though. <laughs> it's short sleeves. Ilya doesn't wear short sleeves. <laughs> he he has what twice? No, once, <laughs> once, right? It was one time, the one game they wore those recyclable jerseys, and they didn't make it in long sleeve, Yeah, and he had to wear it. I, I can't remember another time other than that. They don't make long sleeve all-star, just the all-star team. Come on. Shout for the extra material there, MLS. <laughs> I'm sure if he really asks for it, they'll get it's it. It's his trademark. Okay, let's do a Dallas preview. Ish. Ish. Okay, FC Dallas, Saturday night, ESPN, we moved up a notch. National television, so it'll actually start at like 8.20-something. Exactly. Which means we won't leave the stadium till like 11-something. <laughs> or later. I'm like already tired thinking about it. <laughs> and Ben's in town. Ben wants to do a podcast. Ben, oh, man. We're going to have to do it Sunday, I think, man. Anyway. I'm up yeah, for doing it after. Look, look forward, look forward to that. Ben, caffeine. Ben's in town, and he's going to join the pod, <laughs> and we're excited about it. Woo! Someone, one of the four, one of the three people I'm looking at is going to have to miss out on it, but I don't know. Well, if you do we'll it see. after the game, I volunteer. I think there's room here for five. <laughs> we already talk enough over each other. We can't, <laughs> we can't have another one. No, but going back to something that we said earlier. Do we really Allie, talk over each other? No. Allie mentioned it. <laughs> but umch. This this game is a huge opportunity. I mean, it's against FC Dallas, who's, you know, a big conference rival who is, what, top of the, con- the conference right now. Um, it's a big opportunity. It's a home game. We need to dominate at home. We need to reestablish ourselves. So no Mauro Diaz, no Kellen Acosta for FC Dallas. Both players have been traded away, sent away. They did just sign... A Chilean, a midfielder. Um, I don't know how to say his last name. It's a tough one. Pablo Aranguiz. Aranguiz. <laughs> and I'm not putting a dollar in the jar because I acknowledged that I don't know. Bob, you never put a dollar in the jar for Zoltan. I don't have a dollar right now. I for the wor- Just for the record, Zoltan is the alien ruler <laughs> in, a, in the movie Dude, Where's My Car? Dude, where's they my go? Car? They go, Zoltan. And they have like a thing. Someone, someone is gonna think that's funny. Somewhere listening to this, Zoltan. You know who All else? Right. You know who else Zoltan is, right? <gasps> oh, I do. Uh, in the movie Big. Yes. Boom. And the third Zoltan reference would be. I don't know. Both of those things were. Bo- so like you can see why anyway. I, you know, do that. The former Sporting Kansas City Hungarian forward Zoltan Hersig Falvi. Persig Falvi. Did he say that last name right? Impressive. He said it confidently. I'm going to give it to him. Okay. But I did. I did. <laughs> I sometimes mess up Tim's last name, but not Hersig Falvi. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Who are we scared of on a, on FC Dallas? The referee. <laughs> Whoa. I think all the entire team, because if we remember June 16th, Open Cup, Sporting comes back in an epic 3-2 victory. Dallas has every reason they want to come in and just (laughs) absolutely demolish Sporting Kansas City. We had to cash in our one moment of glory from from Kraze in order to get that win. So I'm a little little worried about this game. And they've won eight out of their last ten MLS contests as well. 
Yeah. So Dallas is on a roll. They <laughs> they're coming back with a vengeance, and Sporting is only, crippled right only now. Only one guy on the injury report. When we could make up a whole team of injured players, so that's. Well, really, only who's out? Madronda, Lovato. No. No. Okay. Nope. Madronda. Earlier this Shelton? week. Earlier this week was three players: Madranda, Shelton. Evan. Ding. <laughs> <laughs> Very good, Cody. Oh. <laughs> Most people forget he's on the team. Okay, so <laughs> Lovato and Opara are no longer on it. They're no longer on the, the out level, at least. Okay. Which I'm shocked because at one point, Cody, we could see Lobato from the press yeah. box, and he looked like he had like two bionic legs. He mm-hmm. had so many casts he, and things, not casts, but like braces and he things did. on his knees. So he was on his knees. <laughs> I said a, on no, were, the braces were on, on his knees. knees. Oh, I swear to where, to where his knees couldn't bend, and it was hilarious. Is this watching, another pug nuts Watching him try to sit down. <laughs> But no, I mean, Dallas has got Lamar in the midfield leading with seven goals. Yerudi, six goals. Uh, Diaz still leads an assist. But, um, Who? Maro Diaz, yeah. Where'd he go anyway? Uh, I want to say Argentina, but I may be wrong. Accurate partial information. Doesn't matter. Yeah, why'd you ask that, Thad? Why'd you have to send us on a tangent here? <laughs> Now three-fourths of this podcast have their phone out. Okay. Um, but how many of you, like myself... You went to the United Arab Emirates. Oh, okay. Shabab s- al-Ali Club. I mean, I... I why? That's like a... <laughs> Bob Ali. <laughs> That's oh, all I heard. There you go. Bob and Ali Club. But how much Ellis destroyed us for the Dynamo. A speedy athletic winger. How susceptible are we to that? And was that because of Beasley and Opara being out? Was it because Jimmy Madronda is not our left back? He tore us apart. And yes. is Lamar going to do the same thing? No. It's because of all that that you just asked. Yes, it's because of all that. Okay. And no, he's not going to tear us apart. All right. That's what I'm choosing to go with. <laughs> Cody is quite confident, so you can just bank on it. But uh, that's, right, exactly. That's if Cody we bank. have an actual lineup starting this week. Is Felipe going to start a game? Earlier this week, I asked if he was close to night, close to game starting fit, and he, Peter was very non-committal. Oh, obviously, he'll so he'll start. He mentioned some soreness that Felipe's had. Yeah, said sometimes he's sore, sometimes he's not. <laughs> Ali's like, <laughs> like rub some dirt on it. Come on, no, but like, right? <laughs> Isn't that what happens when you? Right, right. Tell, tell his wife to be gentle. Good lord, I'm eager to get back into this though. I'm, I feel good about this game. I've I missed too. I've missed games recently. It was like out of town. It was my birthday, and I've just, I've missed I've missed games. And so I'm feeling good about this. We'll be back there at the stadium. Cody's back. Sporting's back. That's right. The weather's going to be pretty ideal. It seems. That's good. Okay. Wait, you have some you have something on your face, like you want to say something. It's not relevant. Okay, well, I was just going to move on to All right. something else that I want to talk about. Okay. When it... <laughs> okay. Right. Okay. You, you seem excited. Go ahead. On this. You guys know I like to talk about non-soccer stuff. I like We can talk about all the teams, but it's fun talking about the non-soccer stuff, too. I like the shenanigans. I like the behind-the-scenes stuff. 
They're real people, and uh, and I like to see that. And also, overseas, we're fans of these soccer teams, of these football teams. You get to know the players. They they uh, uh, things leak in the media, and we get to have drama with them, and it's fun. And this freaking league in America, MLS, is so tight lipped. We never like get anything fun like this until now. <laughs> We have a I, I know where you're going with this. We all know where you're yes. going. Yes, so Seattle is the worst, but approaching them is Atlanta United. And I'm just using that generally. I don't need to explain it. Seattle's the worst, and Atlanta's catching them. And that is why I'm very happy to hear about some infighting <laughs> in Atlanta. And even better, it could affect their play. Precisely. Teammates are going at it, kind of. And not just at it with each other. <laughs> <laughs> with each other's significant <laughs> others as well, which is the interesting part of the story, Cody. Okay, so if you have not heard of this, 19-year-old Ezekiel Barco, right? Ezekiel? Mm-hmm. You got it. You got it. I just say Barco. Yeah, 19-year-old Barco, newly married. Recently. Recently married. But maybe not for long. He's only been legal to marry for like the last year and a half anyway. (laughs) Well, how old is she? Anyway. Of course, it's Georgia. Maybe that's different. So young Ezekiel has gotten gotten himself benched, according to the team, for um, romantic... Barco went up the wrong tree. (laughs) Hey! We are all about wordplay on this podcast. The reason did you just given, come up with that, Allie, or did you just read that? No, I just came up with it. I'm a <laughs> copywriter really? full-time. Wordplay is like, that's my... She's a marketer, man. I am. So that was it impressive. was apparently a Barco coach's up decision. The wrong <laughs> coach's decision, decision because Barco had committed a, quote, an act of indiscipline. And the supposed <laughs> act of indiscipline... <laughs> I just love this. I eat this up so much, man. Okay. Uh, no, this sounds like you had tequila. His... <laughs> um. Okay. Uh, oh t- what? In 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 the <laughs> in a man's world, in the in the male ecosystem, a teammate is a is a coveted bond. I think that goes for any. any well, ecosystem. that's you're a sexist. That's fair. Oh, Jesus. And in the in the world of team sports, Ezekiel's teammate, one Brandon Vasquez, one Brandon Vasquez, Quez. Do I need to do I need to add the qua, or does that make it American? I was just Zlatan. Well, Barco has apparently been getting to know Vasquez's girlfriend. Very closely. Is that indiscipline intercourse? Or, one, one site said he made overtures. Mm. Another location said... Which, like, what does that mean? Does that mean like DMing her? <laughs> or does that mean like actually... Our, our, friends at, our friends at Dirty South Soccer used alleged romantic overtures towards uh, teammates' girlfriend. Yeah. Now... <laughs> uh, other places have said it's more been like introverts. Yeah. Other, other outlets have more explicitly stated the activities that occurred. But um, what's, uh, what's, what's funny about this, besides Barco getting benched and when he got benched, uh, Vasquez, who didn't get to play very often, came in for him. Got to play mm, for the him. The irony. Mm. That's beautiful. Well, actually, he got to come in as a late sub because this actually does benefit the U.S. men's national team, by the way. 
the, the affair or the so- <laughs> or the affair. Yeah. Because with Barco suspended, Andrew Carlton got the start. Oh yeah, I see. Beautiful see? thing. Infidelity. Apparently. No, no, no <laughs> affair. Oh yeah, well yeah, I guess. Indiscipline, infidelity. Of course, it words. doesn't always help you. How many words can we use? No. Just ask John Harks and Eric Winaldo. So beyond beyond <laughs> oh, Barco, nineteen-year-old Barco, getting benched, and having all this get out, his wife, his his new bride. Has posted a picture on Instagram. I want to know how old she is. Without her ring, and is basically just like, "Yo, I'm over you." This is beautiful. Girl power. I love it. Good it, for her. The, the the translated quote was, "It's not what you do; it's what you get over." Bam. I think we're under. Last <laughs> case, maybe. This is so tasty. I love all. I love this stuff so much. Okay, but I don't know about you guys. The most shocking part of the story to me was that Barco was married at 19 years old. 19. What? That's, That's why I wonder how old she is. Man, just... your teammate. Yeah. Bros. Pour some tequila out for Atlanta fans because things are that possibly just... about to get interesting. That could uh, really, maybe. That just back. forgot the saying, bros no, before hoes. That's <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm cool. I'm cool I did I'm cool. not forget it. I was waiting for you, you to finish to go it. there. Oh, I know there's going to be people that are like, come on, this is a soccer podcast. Let's talk soccer. This is great. I love all of this. We need to talk about more stuff like this. So we need Atlanta's more burning, huh? <laughs> yes. And uh, what about, uh, do we have any other examples of situations like this throughout Kansas City soccer history? There's There was rumors way back in the day. Back in the day, yes. Are we? Can you share them? What's the statute of limitations on these rumors on the, on the years? Hmm. Okay, well, Bob, hmm. you were closer hmm. to. Hmm. Okay, you guys are. T- you're, you're, I, think, I think you've decided against it. Considering one of the players is still a man about town, I think I'd rather stay away from it myself. Was he the one who did the deed, or was he the cuckold? <laughs> we'll go with the former. Okay. Tasty. He, he done just... be, he's done been the deed doer. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, suck it, Atlanta. I like saying this. <laughs> the other is a rather prominent person at a competitive team. A competitor's team. You guys are lame. Although he could be a legend. Let's do let's <laughs> let's cross a line and go viral. Let's make let's make a mistake and get this show on the map, right? <laughs> this is America. That's your ultimate goal, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> That's why I don't like Thad coming at me with all these like rational Oh, I'm a little bit worried, but not really. Come on. Say something fiery that we can clip and put on Twitter and people will get mad. Hey, well, you needed people to be worried, you needed people to be not worried. I was the not worried. All right. Cody's exposed. I'm exposed. <laughs> Not in okay. here, please. Do we have Do we have anything else to talk about? I have a question. Yes. It's not directly related to sporting, but it is related to Kansas City. Tomorrow, today is, what day is today? Wednesday? Yes. We had to talk about girl soccer, didn't we? I knew it was coming. It's okay. Let's the do it. The better soccer. Let's get into it. <laughs> Tomorrow. I'm here for it. Uh-oh. Tournament of Nations, doubleheader. Uh, Brazil versus Australia, U.S. versus Japan. If that stadium is not sold out, what does that say about us being a soccer capital city? 
Nothing. I don't think that would say anything. Why? I think it says everything. It's a national women's soccer team playing another national four of the top ten teams in the world. Is Japan, it a- Japan's number eight, correct? Or four? And so, like, is this like a real tournament? <laughs> or is it like a friendly tournament? Like, this counts towards their FIFA ranking? Well, counts towards FIFA ranking, but that doesn't matter. Okay. I'm just trying to Is it real as in is it qualifying? Is. No. But is it real as in they are, this is the tune-ups for the U.S. for qualifying? Yes. Okay. And is it real in that if Kansas City shows badly for supporting national teams, it may not be as good for us to have a World Cup game in the future? Um, FIFA ain't going to care who shows up at Children's University Park tomorrow night. They're the ones that make the decision. They're not going to care. Yeah. Why would they not care? Why would they? Fan support? for Because our history up to this point and everything else has been fine. Why would this? Uh, that's not true. Well. Okay, for national well, teams, it's not been well. as good as what you think it is. Yeah. Especially the last Men's? two. Not even for the last men's game here, it wasn't that good. Which one are you talking about? I don't remember. <laughs> so, so I'm not saying this is crazy. I'm just trying to get where you're at here. You're oh, saying I'm that, asking you, the question. that you think not having a packed stadium for a women's game will okay, impact. Don't water Hold on. It down like that. I'm, I was I'm just not say watering the same anything thing. down. <laughs> I'm not watering anything down. I'm asking. You said the, for the, a women's game. For a like, for, which is. Which I was. I'm emphasizing that, which is because that, it's not a men's game, and we're talking about the men's because, World Cup. Exactly. That's. A, I wasn't. I wasn't degrading in any way. It's a women's game. How we showed a women's game is going to. You. You're saying FIFA is going to look at that on how we would show at a men's game. Okay, it's a more or less meaningless women's game during the middle of the week in summer. But I think you're looking at it too black and white when it actually needs to be looked at as like this whole gray thing. The U.S. Women's National Team. Is the highest possible level. Like okay, there are, the controversy is not. Worldly, this is a worldly. The controversy is not. Do they deserve it? Yeah, of course having, they do. No, no, no. That, I'm we're not saying a that. I'm, no, I know, but I'm saying though that the show out for that to me, if you're supporting national United States soccer at the national level, whether it is men's or women's, I think that shows for both. So I agree with that. If you don't sell out the stadium. Because why wouldn't you? It's summer. So, like so, why? Why wouldn't families be? I mean, again, maybe they will coming in from St. Louis, from other Kansas areas, from other cities and states to come participate uh, in this event. I I just uh, and again I, I'm not I I understand where you're at, but it's not. I mean, it's FIFA. I'm asking if FIFA is going to care about this, and it just seems to me like no, they won't. A, a, like a like what Bob just said. It isn't exactly. A meaningful game, a meaningful tournament. It's middle of the week, and it's for the women's national team. And this, the question is not how Kansas City supports the men's and women's national teams. It's how well would the city do on an international tournament, and like the infrastructure in it, and things like that. I don't, I don't think, I don't think <laughs> how packed Sporting Park is on a Wednesday night for like a somewhat meaningless game and a different. You know, sport, <laughs> as in men versus women. I just I don't see how it's. Uh, I don't see. I, there's no way in my mind that FIFA would look at that in any way. 
or that FIFA even knows this <laughs> tournament is <laughs> yeah. going on in, at all. Like the people making that decision a... wouldn't know that. If it's not packed tomorrow, that does not mean Kansas City would not get a uh, of course it doesn't World Cup game. No. But does it play into the reputation of Kansas City? Does it play into when they look at that sort of thing? Yeah, it will play into it. Just I'm not saying it's like, oh, there was 100% done yeah, deal. Not okay. every seat in the stadium is filled. All right. Not Quite right. honestly, I still think Kansas City has a reasonably good chance no matter what, but just because of location and all these other factors. But it does, I do think it does hurt Kansas City's chance. I do, do think that it diminishes our claim to be a soccer city. When it's not supported like what it should be, because you like you, you even earlier said, you know nobody is disputing that they deserve it. Bob said that, um, but they do deserve it. They do deserve yeah. to have good support. Yeah. And the last time the women played here, and I, it was like four thousand people showed up, and that was terrible. Yeah, like the. If the team still had the thing hanging outside the building that was said soccer capital of America and that was their brand that they were building around, then yes, an empty stadium would definitely be not a good look. And it won't be a good look, period, if it's empty. But, yeah, I don't think it'll hurt our World Cup chances. All right, that was my question. We've answered it whether or not it's true or not. Either way. You don't want to talk about the game? How excited are you for the game? I'm actually very much looking forward to it. Japan's a really good team, very technical. It's a big rivalry with the U.S. They've um, Japan won the World Cup in 2011, forced the U.S. to like go. I literally cried. <laughs> well, I remember yeah. it. <laughs> forced forced the U.S. to realize that they can't just play on athleticism anymore, and it took them a few years to actually sink in a little bit. But they're trying to experiment or bring in more technical players. They still have the old kick-it-and-run players like Alex Morgan. Yeah. Ouch. No, um, I agree. I think that was the most – and I I know you guys talked about it on 610 tonight a little bit, but I think that was the most impactful thing. Because I remember growing up, you know, being a smaller player myself, I looked up to players like Christine Lilly, Mia Hamm, who played with such grit, talent, athleticism, and not just athleticism and, like, oh, they're big physical and can push you down and just, like, run like a horse – forward but actually played with foot skills and played technically and made great runs and were crafty creative and then all of a sudden women's soccer kind of lost lost that and I think that uh I agree I think they're getting it back so it'll be good I'm excited I know the number one reason Thad is excited though is that he has a new (laughs) a new toy to bring with him get ready Blue Testament fans you will be seeing some very high quality Mm -hmm. images coming up I'm not promising that, but <laughs> in the in the near future, once you get acclimated, get it figured out. It took a long time for me to get a new body and lens, and it will be very fun to play with it and see what I can get. He's out such of it. a nerd. He's like gushing about it. He was like showing us all these like weird pictures that he that he took before this. All the like little minutia that this awesome camera does. He's a nerd, but like it's gonna be good. It's like going from a rotary phone to a smartphone. Okay, final thoughts. Okay. That was points. Okay. <laughs> we need three points um, Saturday night. Felipe Gutierrez is going to score a goal or three. A goal or three for Felipe. I say he starts. You know, how much do we love this guy that only played like five games? I love him so much. You know, or what, six games was it? Five games? Not enough. 
<laughs> five games was enough to put the idea in my head that he's potentially the greatest player to ever put on the jersey. And he showed me that in five games. So after ten games, I'll report back. Is that right, crazy? So no one's, no one's going to tell me I'm crazy for thinking that? You're insane. <laughs> I, I have a quick question. Who's going to be but center forward? But not just for that. Yeah. What did you say? Who's going to be center forward come Saturday night? <gasps> Shallowy. Shallowy. Little brother. Which means Gerso or Johan on the wing? Johan. Married man. Gerso. <laughs> Thank you for the confirmation. Okay. I know we've went through all this already, but I don't. I, we've all argued all year for Shallowy to get starts as a center forward. Not me as much, but we have all argued for it. He has not been the greatest at center forward the last couple of games. Oh, I agree. I'm not saying that's what I want. I'm saying that's what I think. Yeah, we talked about this in the podcast that so you weren't here. Yeah, I didn't listen. <laughs> <laughs> well, you missed out. It's okay. Apparently, nobody, nobody else did. Else did. <laughs> Hey, we had, what, 200 and something? Come on. <laughs> that was the one that we posted, like, way late. Oh, yeah. It was, way it was like, the day Saturday, of the game. It? it was the morning of the game. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, it was a day before. I don't think it I was, I don't think man. it was. I think it was Saturday. Because there was a technical issue. Or it was no. Friday night that it was posted. I don't know. I put, anyway. it up, I put it up that night. But anyway. Oh, yes, but it, I but didn't know about it, and it wasn't on our blue test. Yeah, so no one heard it until Saturday. Um, so anyway, I'm just going to take it that nobody listened because I wasn't on. Right, yeah. exactly. Go with that. Yeah, because I'm really popular. Yeah. Oh, it's still one. <laughs> oh my. He's not lying. Okay. Well, exciting week for soccer in Kansas City. Get out there tomorrow. Do go support. It, they are the best players in the world. The level of ability and dedication I love it and because we won't get a World Cup game if you don't go (laughs) (laughs) okay uh, until next week go sporting go sporting Yeah.